Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello listeners and welcome to episode 4 of the podcast. I'm back with Brownie for this one and yeah, we're still top of the league. So, lots to discuss. Enjoy. Brownie, are you well? <laughs> top of the world, mate. Top of the top, world, what? Top of the world What's or top down of the about? League? Well, yeah, top of the league, top of the world. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I was just saying to you then before we started the uh, the proper recording. I'm just enjoying the ride at the minute. Oh, yeah, you got it, wouldn't you? I think there was like, when we 2-1 up last night, there was about five chants in the space of like a minute about top of the league going up. Um, half, well, probably um, three quarters of the town and we're on the feet. It's, uh, it's exciting times, isn't it? It is, and it, it doesn't often come around, does it? As a North End fan, so well, know, I think there's... that's why a lot of it is a bit tongue in cheek in it, you know, about just yeah. getting excited. It, it is seven games, but like you say, we've not had much to shout about for a long time now. So, no. yeah, November 2019 was the last time we were top of the league when we beat Charlton away. So, a lot has happened since then, an awful yeah. lot. Yeah, it's uh. It's good. Yeah. And after the game as well, it was like a really weird um, atmosphere where I think there's a little bit of solidarity there isn't there? and a bit of um, unity towards the fans and the players and, and low as well, you know. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was exciting. On to yeah. Saturday. Do you know what? I, I was thinking back to the Wigan game last season. Before, uh, I was sat in the car and Finn was asleep in the car seat and I was just thinking about last night and the start to this season and everything that's been said about Lowe by us and other people and all that sort of stuff. And we always say, don't we, football is like fine margins. And whatever happened at half-time of that Wigan game, because for me, if we lost that, he was nailed on, gone. Like The mood was probably an all-time low. Pardon the pun. Um, but then come out and we we win the game, and we've just things haven't been great all the time since then. But it feels like we've just been on an upward curve since then. Yeah, we went on that good run, didn't we? And then we didn't end the season well. But I think a lot of that was to do with um, like we picked up a few injuries, didn't we? And you yeah, kind of leave the, yourself... the five or six first teamers out, yeah. 
you kind of leave yourselves a little bit too much to do, don't you? I think they, they always talk about oh, that team that comes in um, out of nowhere, but it, when you actually think about it, it's the position we were in to get there. I mean, we had to like pretty much win all our games, didn't we? Really. So as soon as you lose a couple, and then as soon as it's then everybody knows that you're not going to make it, even if it's not even mathematically done, then you kind of know, don't you, earlier than that. Um, it's hard to judge those final few games. But but since that since that Wigan game, you're right, yeah, it's just it's completely turned round. And I'd argue off the field as well, like the, the, the whole summer situation. And I don't know whether Lowe's... You know that, that that interview after the Sheffield United game, where he was pretty much he was pretty much giving them an ultimatum, really, wasn't he, um, about transfers and, and and the club as a whole. And then even at the start, of what the was window, it he it said? Really, he was basically just saying that the club needs to. Well, I think he was pretty much saying the club needs to invest. Really, wasn't he? That's what I vaguely, I vaguely remember it, but I'd pretty much switched off by that point last season. Yeah. He was he was alluding to the fact that you know we need to do more, um, and then he kind of backtracked a bit and thanked you know in the next interview he was thanking the the owners and stuff like that. But then this summer, I mean, even at the beginning of the summer, you know, we were linked with like Wright and players like that. It wasn't really well. You never knew that we'd go and break our transfer record and you know bring in two players over you know a million to, to at that point the end of the season beginning of the summer there's no way anybody thought that so it's it has really changed things and, and you can see in the in the players really well what, the the word on the street was that we didn't have a pot to piss in wasn't it heading into yeah. the summer and it was mainly going to be cheap buys and freeze and obviously we got um mads over the line but we got will Keane cheap slash free Dwayne Holmes same and it, it did feel like oh it's going to be another one of them summers but can't you know top of the league seven games in not lost six wins one draw can't really knock it can you but I think I think the point you touched on then was was quite pertinent that it feels like there's been a bit of a shift change off the pitch whether that's Craig deciding that it's time to give things a proper go, whether that's Peter, whether that's Ryan, whether that's all three of them or the wider team, don't know, but you know, hopefully it, it continues moving forward. Yeah. I mean the, the and the investments they've done off the field as well, in terms of you know, ground improvements and stuff like that. But it's it's you know it's completely changed for me. The whole mentality of the club's changed a bit. Um, you know, even talk today about Brown and Whiteman renewing contracts. I mean, you, they, you wouldn't even thought that a month or two ago. So it's it's it seems like a happy place. And I think as well, I think if you want to, an important point is is that there probably was at the end of last season Johnson Galley, you know, two you know a player and a coach there have been there a long time. Same voices probably didn't want to be there anymore. If we're if we're being honest, I was going to say it's probably we we both know how things work in football. It was probably known that they were going to be off 
Yeah. Which probably impacted things to a certain extent. And Lowe's got his, you know, he's got Murphy and he's got his own men, really. And then he's got his own signings as well. So there seems to be, like I say, a change and it's Lowe's seems to have settled down a little bit now. Uh, the club seems to settle a bit down a bit now and things seem to be going in the right direction. But, you know, seven games in and all that, you can't get carried away. But I think the start that we've made, you can hardly say that it's a club that's looking in a in a bad way, is it? You know? No, not all. I think if you go back to the start of the season, that Bristol City draw could quite easily have been another win. You know, so we could be sat here looking at twenty-one points from twenty-one, potentially. Because um, apart from their goal, they didn't really cause as many issues. Um, would would you say the games we've played so far? Would you say there's been one where you thought, "Fucking hell, we've we've been lucky to come away with three points there," or across a full game? I mean, or you think for want of a better phrase, they've all been sort of I'll probably get hammered for saying this, games of two halves uh, I thought the Plymouth game, I thought the Plymouth game was genuinely a really good game of football um, if you were a neutral watching that it was end to end wasn't it um, and I think they gave a good a good go at it You know, Woodman saved us didn't he and, um, and they had a few chances so I think that game was probably and it, Lowe even came out and Schumacher came out didn't he and said that you know they did enough um, so maybe that game but we've, we've not kind of run away with it. it there's been a lot of games where we've hung on haven't we especially the home games where like last night and and the Plymouth game the Sunderland game where it was about defending our box really right until the end rather than actually genuinely seeing the game out which you think may at some point that can't really go on you know you, at some point you will concede and um, you know so probably a few of those games the Stoke game we, we won convincingly didn't we but um, it'd be nice if we could do a 3 or 4 nil win at home it's been a long time since we absolutely battered someone isn't it um, to be fair though you go back to the Plymouth game on Saturday I think we could have quite easily had 4 there if um, Potts' goal comes off the inside of the post and goes in as opposed to coming out and then if the big Montenegrin puts his header either side of the keeper because um, I think after they scored I don't really remember them threatening us too much um, and then last night I think we could have had maybe one more at least yeah I think I think what's been what's been a, a key point as well is that um, and Lindsay's touched on it. He said that Brown is just he, he's, he's, his phrase was he's grabbing games by the scruff of the neck and um, kind of rallying them that way and getting them through games. And I mean, we we've spoke about it many times on the podcast about the fact that Brown needs to play further forward. And I think in the first half yesterday, there was way too much of a, a gap between. Um, Osmaic and the rest of the team really. As soon as Brown got involved more second half further forward, um you, know, you see with the, the second goal, 
just quality bit of play. Um, and him and Potts, probably the standouts, aren't they, so far this season? I think the yeah, you're right. I think they are. But I think they're both playing a similar role as well in the I think Potsy in, in his own way is often will take the game by the scruff of the neck, so to speak. But just in those little moments, maybe not so much in the way that Brown does with Brown's sort of high intensity and running around, but Potts just has them moments of, you know, it might it might be legging it back 30, 40 yards and just putting in a tackle last minute or um, like the crossfield ball on Saturday for the first goal. He's improved goal. on the ball, Potts. Yeah, he has. I think, I, I think if you were to look at it, his average position is probably 10, 15 yards higher compared to what it was last season. And he seems to be coming in field a bit more with a bit more confidence and with a bit more purpose. And perhaps that's the the centre midfielder that he is that we've not seen too much of coming out as well. Well, I think he's I know he's playing those two sitting midfielders and he's kind of playing like a box, isn't he, with two tens behind the striker. I don't know whether that's allowing the, the wing backs to kind of push forward a little bit. They're sitting a bit higher, aren't they? I mean, like if you look at uh, Miller, he's basically playing left wing, isn't he, really? Um, so that kind of solidity... Solidity? Yeah. Um, in the, in the centre of midfield, kind of giving us that bit more protection in it. You know, you've got McCann and Ledson. You're going to need an outlet somewhere, aren't you? And it's going to be the, the wide players. So, Potts playing further forward and then you've got, you got Holmes and Brown full of energy, aren't they? Um and, you know, McCann's full of energy as well. But I think that, that midfield area is allowing the, the wing-backs to get further forward. Um, and I think last night we missed Hughes on that left side of the back three because he can get up, can't he? And I think it helps with the right footer on the left wing who can cut in. Hughes can kind of overlap, can't he? Which we, we didn't have in that first half. Cause I think he's, he's pivotal to this, so, to this system and the way Lowe's setting up now. Yeah. Um, aside from Lindsay not looking very comfortable on that left side of a three, he's just not very good there. He doesn't do the same thing that Hughes does, and that's not Lindsay's fault because he's not the same kind of player. Obviously, we signed Andrew Hughes as a left back. Um, Liam Lindsay's a centre back. You know, they're obviously different types of players, but um. In fact, I'll bring this up now. There's been a couple of questions about January and, and sort of looking ahead to what positions we might need to strengthen there. And I think regardless of where we are in the league, um, I'd, I'd be looking at strengthening in defence without a shadow of a doubt. I think we need a new centre-back on the left side. Because um, while I wouldn't give Greg an extension, I wouldn't be surprised to see him giving an extension. Um, I know we've just talked about things maybe changing a little bit in the transfer market for us, but it just feels very us to give him another six months till the end of the season. So I'd be looking at a replacement yeah. for him. And I'd say another left footer as well, because Hughes can't stay fit for a full season and we've seen Lindsay can't really play there naturally. Um, and then do you look at going and actually signing a wing-back yeah, well, I, I wouldn't be surprised if 
if Best ended up going out on loan at some point, or, or or they just kept him around for this season in the way that Lowe's mentioned before in terms of coaching him, ready to loan out next season. I think the fact that he started was more just to the fact that they didn't have anybody there. Um, I don't think he'd be a long-term, well, long-term solution for this season. Um, so, yeah, if we could, if we could sort that out. And you'd want them to be left-footed as well, wouldn't you? Because you've got Miller there who's right-footed. You can mix it up a little bit. Brady's, Brady's come on in the last couple of games, but um, whether he's got that, he's been basically playing left-back, Annie Brady, really, when he's come on. So, um, yeah, they'd be the two areas. But what I like as well is we've got kind of got that, we've got kind of players who can play quite interchangeable, aren't they? Like Maz, for example, he's been out on the left. He's been moved up front. He's played 10. Um, same with Miller. Brown, as we know, could play out at wing-back. So we've got Holmes that little can bit play of wing-back. Holmes, yeah. We've got that bit of versatility, haven't we, in the, in the squad now, which you can utilise. Yeah, and I'm, I do think you risk sometimes upsetting the balance of a game if you're making too many changes. You're chopping and changing players around too much, but um, it, it's good to have because obviously we've got Holmes, who's right-footed, has played wing-back. So you look at someone like Potts, we don't have competition for him in that right wing-back at the minute with Calvin Ramsey being back at Liverpool. So if he does pick up an injury or if he does need a breather, you've got Holmes that can play there and we're not really short in midfield either because of the other options that we've got that can move in there. I think as the season goes on, I think the one change that I, I can see happening and becoming a, a more permanent thing is Whiteman. I think we needed, from half-time, we needed him last night, I thought. Yeah, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because we started the season so well. For you to, you know, drop Ledson out the side, or McCann, right? You know, because they've both been part of a winning side. Um, but yeah, that first half we definitely need somebody to get hold of the ball, didn't we, Whiteman, and dictate play a little bit. Um, I don't think it's inevitable he'll come in. Um, it's just when, isn't it? What I do what like McCann you... though. I, I, I like I like McCann so far this season. Yeah, he's, he's... before that energy in midfield, like the ability to win the ball back quickly through a lot of that midfield. You know, Holmes, Brown, McCann, especially. Um, that's been one of our positive. Um, we we spoke, didn't we? Either back end of last season or start of this season. We're still at the start of this season, but earlier on at the start of this season, about this season potentially being a big one for McCann. And being sort of like his time to really put a stamp in on the side, and so far we're seeing that. I think he's been everywhere, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's been absolutely everywhere. Um, how how pleased were you to see the news today about Whiteman and Brown in talks over new long term deals? Yeah. Like I said before, nobody would have seen that coming. Well, Brown maybe. 
Yeah, I think I think Brown maybe was probably expected almost. He's he's been making the right noises, hasn't he, for a few months about wanting to finish his career here and he loves the club and all that sort of stuff. But you know, the the word on the street was that there was no chance of, of Whiteman staying and various other bits and bobs of rumours and however true they were or not, only a few people will know, but I'd, I'd guess it. Well, not guess. I'd say it's positive that he's in talks over a new long-term deal. Yeah, and there's been no real signs on the pitch, or you know, any interactions that I've seen that there's any major problems between him and you know the manager or or any other players or whatever. Um, like I said before, there just seems to be a whole unity about the place at the minute. So. Whatever may or may not have gone on, it's it's pretty clear that you know, there's no real issues that that we're aware of at the minute. So hopefully, no, he's a quality he's, player, isn't he? He's a quality player, and he's and the kind of player that field. that you can build a side around, isn't he? Yeah, um, you know, and he's he's been a captain before. I think he's only 25, isn't he, or 26? But he was a captain at Doncaster, and I think that says a lot about his character. Obviously, we, I'm not not suggesting that he would replace Alan Brown as captain. Um but you know, no reason to say he wouldn't be vice captain. Um and we've in fact he's he's had the armband already this season on he had it on Saturday, didn't he? So I think that says a lot about um his standing in the dressing room, if you will. Yeah. He always strikes me as a you know really articulate, bright guy, isn't he? Um, and he seems like a sound guy as well, and, and he's a quality player. And we're going to need him. Uh, and if we were to lose him, we'd need to get him replaced. So difficult to get to him replace. tied down would be great. Potsy new contract. Yeah, yeah. I was told a few weeks ago. I think I t- said to you, didn't I, that he was in talks, and the the quote that came with it from the person that told me was that. He loves the club and wants to end his career here. So, yeah. yeah. Love That'd Preston, nice. hate Blackpool, isn't that right, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I look, they said he, was it 2019, was it? He came on it. So it's nearly, I think it was in January, wasn't it? So he's not even been here five years, but he feels like he's been here forever. It's really weird. Um, it feels like he's, he's had his whole career here for me. But it, he's he's another one, isn't he? He's another one of them players that has polarised fans and polarised opinions. And he's his new contract is just reward for his form over the last sort of 12, 18 months. You know, I'd say he's consistently been one of our better performers. He's gone from being booed off, well, cheered off the pitch and... Um, Forest to you know being probably our best player so far this season. Um, but he's, he, he, people always there's always a player in there, I suppose that people pick on, but I've never really seen it with Potts, whether it's deserved or not, because he's always like, he's got qualities that are you know worthwhile at this level if he's used correctly. Um, so I've never really got that. All right, yeah, he's not been—he's been better on the ball this season than I've ever seen him. 
Um, but he's he's made that made that position his own, hasn't he? Um, so fair play. I, to I him. just I just worry about the lack of rotation in that position. Obviously, he got rested against Salford, didn't he? But I, I think that was just because was, his missus was giving birth, um, which is understandable. Or had just given birth. Um, and that's the only game he's not been involved in. You know, he, he did it last season, didn't he? He played a lot of minutes. He's done it already so far this season, played a lot of minutes. So, yeah, for someone who's made himself such a key part of this side this season already, I think he's already shown signs of looking a little bit jaded, which is understandable. I don't know. I mean, he he's looked he's looked to me fitter than he's ever he's ever looked, and he's actually looked faster as well. Um, yeah, maybe end of games is going to catch up with him, and as we go through the season, but it's like who do you put there? Holmes, Brown, right? I mean Ramsey. We're not going to see him till next year, are we? Let's face it. No, it even not. if we do, um, I know the the kind of they kind of said, "Oh, it wasn't as bad as what everyone said it is," and then it's kind of like slowly emerged that it's at least like three or four months. Well, you know, you can probably, given the fact he's had injuries before, you can probably expect setbacks. So you're talking four or five months, really. So, you know, we're not going to get what we can out of him. I don't know whether the low was kind of saying it wasn't as bad as what it was because we couldn't get out the deal, which is what was reported, wasn't it? That we tried to get out the deal and Liverpool wouldn't let us get out of it. So low was kind of saying, oh, he's with us for the season. Don't worry about it. Well, um, yeah, that's that's not going to change. So Holmes, no. Holmes or Brown, really, in it on that right-hand side. Yeah, and I feel for Ramsey as well because he's, you know, he's got a lot of... Um... Comes with a lot of pedigree, doesn't he? And he was one that I was looking forward to seeing. But, you know, it's it's given Potsy that opportunity and he's, that phrase again, he's grabbed the bull by the horns and he's he's made, made the most of it and he's really nailed that spot down this season. This is obviously the best start to a league campaign for us in probably the best part of 100 years. How... Uh, apart from the fact that it's seven games in, how are you stopping yourself from getting carried away and thinking, could this continue? Or are you just not thinking that far ahead? In terms of not getting carried away, I think uh, the fact that we're unbeaten, we're on so many points, if you look at where that would, we'd end up at the end of the season, you know, we're way outperforming what a team that would even finish top um, be getting points-wise. So we are definitely going to lose at some point. And we're probably, if you think about it, going to go through a bad run at some point, which is always expected, isn't it? Especially um, when you take into consideration the inevitable injuries and suspensions yeah. and everything that comes with a 46-game season at this level. Yeah. But I think when you actually look at the data, um, it's not too favourable from an attacking point of view, is it? You know, what is it? Our, our, our XG is 0.81. So, yeah. 22nd you know, out of 24. We are. Yeah. And I think I was reading before, I think we've we're lowest in the in the whole league for, for touches in the opposition's box, which you know, when you look at it that way, it means that you know, we're, we're gonna have to do quite a bit to score, um, if we continue that way. So, you know, we're only seven games in, yeah, we are unbeaten, but I think for us to maintain that, um, 
you know, especially towards that top, top end of the league, I think the data is going to have to improve, isn't it? Or else we're going to have to rely heavily on our defence, um, which, you know, is a risky strategy as we saw at the start of last season when we were, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't score for, for the toffee, could we? So, no, and I've seen but, something on Twitter about XG. Um, someone saying about oh, like XG actually means anything, but you know I think Rovers are a prime example from last season that they were either winning or losing, and were in and around the top six, top three, even at, at an early point in the season. But when the data as it was for Rovers and is for us was like it was. It shows that it's unsustainable to carry on performing at that level. Um, and obviously Rovers found out last season and ended up finishing outside the playoffs. And I think if we don't improve, then we'll find out. But I guess the the flip side of the coin of it being so early is that there is time for it to improve. Yeah, and, you know, we're only seven games into the season, isn't we? So, you know, how reliable is that data? Yeah. Um, but I think, I think what we have done is we've kind of realised what we are as a football club um, and how and what is needed to try and improve ourselves because we've not got the money that Leicester have got, you know. So we we can't play that way. So we kind of set up setting up like an away team, aren't we? Even at home, um, plenty of men behind the ball, trying to hit on the counter attack with you know with Brown and. Um, Miller and Holmes um, kind of allowing teams to have a lot of possession. You know, I think was it Plymouth? They have like sixty percent possession, sixty odd percent possession. Sunderland was quite was a quite a similar situation. So that's always you know we're not exactly going to have lots of touches in the opposition's box if we're playing that way, are we? But you know, it seems to be working for us, and I do think it's the right way to be going rather than trying to compete with teams like Leicester by trying to pass them off the park because. Yeah. You just get picked off, wouldn't they? And he, even Birmingham last night, you know, they had, I think, around 60% possession. Um, they're a team that, for the most part this season, barring one or two games, haven't had a lot of possession, similar to us. Um, but I think I think you, you've nailed it with setting up like an away side. You know, we're, we're happy even at home to just sit off, let other teams have, have the ball and we'll play our way. The first half yesterday was just prime example. Like It was like we were the away team, wasn't it? But I think, I think to be fair, I think the goal kind of gave us a little bit of a kick up the arse, didn't it? Because it forced us to come out. Um, whereas if it was, it was kind of like just meandering on that game, wasn't it? It was just a bit... It felt like it was going nowhere, didn't it? Yeah, and the the goal helped us out a bit because it forced us to to come out, and then it forced him to make the changes. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of that. Us sat sat deep, trying to frustrate teams. But Browns came out and and said it, Annie, in his interviews that they, they had a bit of a sit down, didn't they, in the summer, and decided that you know this brand or whatever. Um, wasn't working for us and we needed to change it. So, fair play. Yeah, and um, Peter said it, didn't he, on the pod? 
He said, "There's." He said, "I've never known a bad win yet." Peter, yeah. And yeah. to be, f- he, there is there such a thing as a bad win? I don't think there is. Is there? Well, no, no. There's well, not at the minute. No, top if, of the league. Happy days. If we carry on this form over the season, then, and the performance is turgid, not great to watch, but we carry on winning. You're not asked. Couldn't care less. You know? Nah. Nah, goes out the window, doesn't it? No. Well, like I say, we, we can't. We're not going to be able to to play that way to to pass teams off the park and and play fancy football. We're going to have to work out a way to do it and be more pragmatic. So I'm happy with that. You, mate. you look at Luton last season; they they were quite pragmatic at times, very pragmatic at times. Played to their strengths. You know, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that we're going to be the next Luton. I'd love it if we were, um, but that's just one side as an example that's done that. Played to the strengths, realised what they are, and look where it got them. Exactly. So, yeah, let's just yeah, let's see what happens. Rotherham away on Saturday. Got to look at that and think that's another opportunity to win three points. Mark, and then the fun time. starts then with the difficult games. Leicester, are you going? No, I'm off to Rotherham. I'm not. I'm not off to Leicester. You know, if you're looking at October, I mean that is a tough month, isn't it? Leicester, Leicester away, Ipswich away, Millwall at home. Who we always seem to struggle against Southampton at home, Hull away, who have also started well. So you know, it, it, it's. It's mad the championship in it that we could be, you know, we could probably get you know six four points out of the next two, and then you can go the whole of October without winning. It's just a bizarre league in it, um, where you you kind of it's hard to get too elated in it because you still know what's around the corner. Fucking hell, hate sneezing. You hate sneezing. Yeah, I love sneezing me. Oh, it annoys me. Sneezing and cutting nails. Cutting nails, that's a bit. Where have you got that from? It's niche, isn't it? But I hate cutting my fingernails and my toenails. It just feels like a, just an unnecessary use of my time. I know what you mean. I'm, I bite my nails, though, so... Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, it's brownie. Yeah. Uh, it's, just, it's just not good. I wasn't going to say dirty. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sneezing yeah, though, oh god, I love a sneeze. Nah, annoys me. It's that I think it's the build-up to the sneeze. You know, when you can feel it coming, and you're like, I just want to get it out. That's yeah, but I that's mean. where if you have the build-up and then you don't get the sneeze, that's even worse. Well, yeah, just, true. If it just goes, yeah. just disappears into the ether. Um, if anyone's wondering where that came from, Jake just sneezed. So, yeah, yeah. I, I muted myself for the sneeze, but <laughs> yeah, I think if if you go back to the start of the season, you know, talking about what's around the corner and looking ahead at fixtures, I don't think many would have thought we'd have got a couple of wins out of the first few games, never mind a draw and six wins. So it, you just don't no, know, do you? Yeah. But as the season pans out and you you start to form, um an understanding of certain sides and how they're playing and the way that they're playing. I think you can 
probably start to realise where you're going to struggle. Well, I think apart from those areas I mentioned before, that left centre-back area, left wing-back, now you do look at this squad and think, this is the strongest squad we've had for a long time. You know, you look back at the fact that, you know, for that long period of time where we were having to play Rafferty at left-back, like, that was just crazy, wasn't it? And they, we had Stockley. Um, and then even last season, you know, we didn't really have a stronger squad as what we've got now. So I, I do genuinely look at it. Look at the bench last night, the fact that we could bring Whiteman on. Um, and then Reese is injured as well, you know, once Reese I was going to say, back, still got Reese Keane. I'm Keane, yeah. You know, he, he's... He was top scorer, wasn't he, before he went he went off injured. So four goals and one assist, is it? Yeah. So there's, there's way more options now. So and that's always been a problem for us, especially when you get to the end of the season where you do pick up those injuries like we did last season. That's where a squad like ours, it's all right starting the season well, but once you get the Christmas period out of the way, you get your injury suspensions. And like I said before, you're having to rely on players like Rafferty. Um you know, now we're, you know, we've got, you know, bringing off Maz off the bench, Whiteman, um, and like you said, Reese and, and Keane to come back. It's it's looking a lot healthier, isn't it? Massively, yeah. And I think just on Keane, I think he's obviously four goals, one assist, as we just mentioned, to his name. I think he's starting to look more and more like a very, very shrewd signing. Um, was it 12 goals I think he scored last season for for Wigan, who obviously got relegated, but I uh, saw a stat before that he scored 52 league goals since the start of the 2020-21 season. That only seven other players have managed to score more in the top four tiers in the same period. So, you know, just just goes to show what he's about. And he's a completely different player to Will, to see Will Keane that we had the season we got promoted. Oh yeah, he's got that. Well, he's got that little bit of experience and, and quality, hasn't he? It'd be interesting to see if um, if he plays him and Militon. Um, because I was thinking when we had Keane and the, the fact we were going to get Cannon, I thought, oh, that is just the ideal partnership because Cannon can get him behind. And there were similar way to what Reese could offer. But I don't see that in Militon. Um and I don't know whether that's just because he was he has been he's not really had a proper preseason, he's just in the team, but he doesn't strike me as someone with blistering pace in behind. Whereas Keane can drop in deep. Yeah. So but I don't I, mean, I don't know how that partnership's night, gonna materialise. The goal last night he he, he got in behind, didn't he? Nice yeah, he's, yeah, but Brown. I think he's more. Of, I think he's more of a box player than yeah, Cannon. Who, who you could stretch play with him a lot easier. And I don't know whether that. I don't, I don't know. I think I want to see how that partnership could possibly work. Uh, uh, for what it's worth, I think he's he's looked very isolated on his own in the two games that he's played, and. Without having seen him play with a partner, I think he would be better with a partner. Um, whether that's Will Keane or whether that's um, Liam Miller, if Miller plays up front, or Reese, or even Chad when he comes back, 
I was going to say, I think we were kind of expecting a bit of a Ched type. I know George was. I mean, George is, is, is I think he's got pictures of him on his wall, hasn't he? Militant, he's, he's that. The hit man. <laughs> he's been loving him that much. Um, he's got bedding and everything, hasn't he? he look, bedding, what, was his, what was George's message? <laughs> he looks like a fucking hit man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I know from the clips that we've seen, Obviously, he's been playing in Spain, and he championships a whole different ball game in it. You know, you can you can kind of um, show up a lot bit more in 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 Spain if you can put it about a bit. But I think he's found in the first two games that it's not going to be as easy to do that against championship defenders. But he took his goal really well, didn't he? Um, and I think he said to Low after, and he said, "That's what I'm here for." So. If you can keep doing that, then it's all good, isn't it? I'll tell you what, if he has said that to Lowe after the game, he's learned a lot of English in not a lot, not a long time, given that he couldn't, well, speak, couldn't speak. No, they've got Lowe's they've got Lowe's mate's son as the translator, haven't they? So he's, I don't know. he's yeah, have you not seen like there's this new guy? I watched the training um well Lowe mentioned it last week and then I watched the training, you know, the Exxon videos they do. And they just kept referring to this this guy who was like and then on on Saturday I saw him as well, like kind of, or was it last night, passing on or relaying messages to him. So he's talking through him. Now, given the fact that it's Lowe's mate's son, I mean, for all we know, it could be anything that's been said, couldn't we? Could be making anything up, but yeah, it's working, I think. I'd rather it be Lowe's mate's son than Lowe's son's mate. Well... Well, yeah. Although saying that, <laughs> Pete, Peter said the only other translator we had was seventeen-year-old Felipe. Yeah. So. Who? Yeah, he'll probably be talking with the scarce twinge in six months, won't he? Oh, it's inevitable, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, for what it's worth, as well, we uh, did request the manager tonight, but he's uh, turned us down for a more lucrative offer. For those that yeah. aren't aware, he's on Sky. Yeah. And he didn't personally turn us down. I just got told that he was on Sky. So. Be good to get him on, wouldn't it, at some point? Maybe the next international break or something. Yeah. I think, I think, I think we'll, yeah, I think it'll happen. Um, the Peter pod went down well, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. But uh, we got, no, we got accused of being negative, negative questioning by a couple of people. But what can you do? Yeah. Can't please everyone, can we, Brownie? Certainly not. So as long as my missus is happy and yours is, that's all that matters. Why? What's that got to do with it? Well, got, just, in general. Just, yeah, yeah. just in general. Just make, makes my life a lot easier. And I'm sure it's yeah. the same for you. Certainly. Yeah, top of the league. Buzzing. My, my yeah. um, On the topic of my missus, she's... Making the most of saying, oh, it's not going to last. I'm like, fuck off. Shut up. I said to mine, well, she messaged me yesterday and said, oh, it'd be nice if we had a a baby and he got promoted in the same year. And I was like, well, I don't know which I'd be more happy about. <laughs> I was joking, of course. but uh, yeah, Motion, obviously. <laughs> yeah, Preston, obviously. But yeah, it'd be a remarkable year. Definitely. Have you just announced to the world that you're having a baby on the podcast? Uh, well, yeah, probably, yeah. Probably, yeah. An exclusive. 
from the Finney exclusive. Well, <laughs> it'd mean, uh, yeah, even harder to sort out a podcast next yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. No. Cheers, mate. I've not got anything else to say other than up the whites. Yep. Up the whites. Grand. Cheers for your time, pal. I'll uh, I'll speak to you next time. Cheers, mate.